0: is it time for me to do a recipe you, you can do recipe yes you can do oh, a couple come.
1: recipes if you really want to oh <gasps> what yeah okay <laughs> we are so sarcastic to each other we are people would yeah. think that we're so mean to each other unless you actually knew us and knew we were just totally dicking around <laughs>
0: So welcome to the
1: 60th episode of the True North Witches podcast. And uh, we're recording this and I'm um, four episodes behind, four and a half. I'm almost done editing the first one that I'm behind on. So like I already said, welcome to the, I was going to say the tarot fact of the day. Oh my goodness, words are hard. Welcome to the 60th episode of the True North Witches podcast. I am the Tarot Pole of the day. And I am going to shuffle a little bit before we do this. Okay, so this Tarot Pole. We are the Six of Cups and um, it's in reverse, but as per usual, I will read it in reverse and not in reverse, because Stephanie does not read it in reverse. So if you don't, if you're like Stephanie and you don't read it in reverse, just take it for what you will. Yes. <laughs> so the Six of Cups, not in reverse, remains means reunion, nostalgia, childhood memories, and in, in- o oh sense. In reverse, it means stuck in the past. Naivety and unrealistic. And then the poem associated with the Six of Cups. You placed your roots and look how they flourished. A flower sits in each area of life just to show you the light. Share some of your petals and you'll never have to settle. People from the past sneak into the present. So ask yourself if you mesh. If not, let it go both of mind and flesh i feel like we've done this poem before uh we might have like i specifically remember the people from the past and like ask if you mesh part like specifically and well, you placed your happen, roots right? and look other it, uh, yeah it's gonna happen i'm just i'd like to know which ones we've found found. But yeah, so that was the Six of Cups.
0: My witchy fact, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Or tip, or, you know, what you will. My my tip, maybe. Because I did not find a witchy fact. Because um, I am ill-prepared. Um. So my witchy tip is to, is to set reminders on your phone to carve out that magic time that you want to carve out. Ooh, I need to do that. I mean, there's tons of apps out there you could use, but um, if you just like put a reminder in your phone, like through an alarm...
1: Or through your calendar app or yeah. anything like that and just do it as a daily. Yeah, like I like I put – now, I need to be, like, more daily about it, more often about it. But I've put in um the – like, I've put in the retrogrades and the full moon and the new moons. Okay. So that I don't forget. But I think I need a more I, – I think yours is a good idea. I think I need more of a daily – Kind of thing. Maybe if it's just even like a five-minute meditation.
0: Yeah. But I like that. Five-minute meditations are always good. Always. Especially good for those of you with ADHD
1: brains. I just wanted to say it from another ADHD brainer. Uh, (laughs) Brainer. Um, That five minute. If you can't do meditations... Um, five minutes. Guided meditation. It doesn't have to be guided. It doesn't have to be, like, whatever you feel works for you. Um, sometimes for me, it depends on what my ADHD brain, uh, decides it wants to do. Some days are good for, you know, just sitting there like a lunatic. Uh, some days are good
0: for, um, just... Wallowing in your own self-pity. It's not... No,
1: uh, that's
0: not what we're supposed to do. No,
1: okay. But you know, you know what? We we I feel like having somebody to do it with um, is also better. So if you have somebody who can like meditate with you, or like gets you to do something that then reminds you to meditate, like my mom and I will do our like workout together on Zoom, and then I remember to meditate after that. Um, but really, like ev- like I said, every brain works different. Some days, music is the way to go.
0: doesn't have to necessarily be, like, not oh, music every time I try to meditate. Now, oh. the key word in there is try.
1: <laughs> but here's the thing, too. Sometimes I can't physically make my brain do the meditation, so sometimes that's when I require the guided meditation as part of
0: it. Do you know what I mean? Even, I have the guided meditation part. <laughs> so an A for effort situation. <laughs>
1: a for effort situation. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a very good meditator. I know when I sit outside with music, like in the dirt, like actually sitting in the dirt, or, like, on something, but the dirt is, like, right there. I have a better chance of being able to go into a meditative state for 5-10 minutes than, like, sitting in my house. Mm. I'm with Steph. Meditating hard. So, what are we up to today? Well, so we are talking a little bit about kitchen witchery, um... As per our July um, topic, um, which is almost over. We're almost to birthdays for both Stephanie me, and I.
0: Which it's is... my birthday my friend, i
1: yes you. So, Kitchen Witchcraft. Um, so, we're going to talk a little bit about what it is. Um, some recipes that we have. Um, and shoot, sh- shoot some shit. Where's our heart? so kitchen witchcraft so you hear that term often but do you actually know what it means um so it's actually an informal term for a witch who emphasizes cooking food and mealtimes in her magical practice generally she knows kitchen herbs very well and probably grows some of her own um I am a very eclectic witch but I um I gear my practices very much to kitchen witchery, green rit- witchery, and like a bunch of others. It's a it's a whole umbrella. I am an enigma, <laughs> but um, I do I do tend to uh, put much stock in my kitchen witchery and my green witchery. So, kitchen witchcraft. What is it? It's an informal term for a witch who emphasizes cooking food and mealtimes into their magical practice. Generally, they know kitchen herbs very well and probably grow some of their own. They consider the sacredness of food in the act of making and doing ritual. When you take time to put meals together from basic ingredients, you have a magical opportunity to infuse it with your intention and your will. And you hear that very often from us, that you use your intention. Kitchen witchery is very much that. Uh, Kitchen witches use a lot of intention in making what they are creating in the kitchen, such as soups and all that kind of stuff we'll get definitely get into that um it can turn into a ritual when you take the time to prep so you make and spend time with the foods that you are cooking rather than just say putting uh ordering food from outside or um putting on say Chicken fingers, even, if you take the time to cut the chicken, make the breading, and, you know, dip and coat and all that stuff. It can be kind of ritualistic. So, how to start? Uh, consider have consider having a kitchen altar. Uh, you don't have to, and it can be as small as one little spot uh, in the kitchen or a whole kitchen. Uh, we have often... Uh, we... I think in like the last couple of episodes we talked about how you can make like spaces your altar which Stephanie yes. has done yes yeah um and kind of make it kind of incognito that sort of thing Um, so have your working tools in easy access locations. So have them, if you have like an organized spot for all of your stuff, that usually makes it easier. So make the kitchen your space. So I'm not saying that others are not welcome in your space, but if you are primarily in the one to be cooking meals or primarily in that space, you want to have a space that you want to spend time in so you don't want like to to have it like overrun with dishes or anything like that if you're going to spend time in the space you want it kind of clean and cleansed and kind of your own space kind of like a well it is it is going to be your sacred space um and you can always keep so if you're you're like Green thumb inclined, um, like me, unlike Steffi. Yeah, I, I <laughs> I'm green thumb adjacent. Okay, adjacent.
0: No, you're um, green thumb. I'd be green thumb adjacent. Okay,
1: you can keep your plants alive. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Um, at least you're not brown thumbed. Yeah. Um. So you can keep your herbs um kind of growing in like a windowsill or something i don't really have that opportunity i don't really have a good windowsill in my kitchen (laughs) (laughs) so the kitchen witches kind of have a creed like you don't have to like with the the wiccan reed and stuff like that you don't have to like go by it but i thought this was very cute so i thought i'd put it into our little episode here so the witch's creed is in this pot I stir the sun and follow the rule of harming none banishment of bone when going winter shuns and with water and salt negativity is cleansed household duties are more than chores magic abounds when doing when mopping floors with this broom I do sweep to clean my house and safely keep Marigold, basil, thyme, and yarrow, my spell is cast for a better tomorrow. Lemons for joy and apples for health, the power within gives great wealth. And in this kitchen, I do pray to truly walk the witch's way. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice, like, you don't necessarily have to do, like, the harming none thing, but it's, it's nice to see, like... It's, it's a good reminder of how to do some of the things. Because if you are bander- banishing, you want to go clockwise, which is windershins. And if you are, like, conjuring something, like, wanting to bring it towards you, you go clockwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, counterclockwise for banishing, clockwise for inviting in. So it's a nice little way to remember some things. So, some tools of the trade that you may not think of when being a kitchen witch: um, dishes, cookware, and other containers. Uh, your oven or your range, and I differentiate because your range is your stove, or your oven is the oven part. Um, your cauldron or large pot, a mortal and pestle. You can easily, in this day and age, use an herb grinder, and no one's gonna bat an eye. Well, maybe, maybe a few Karen witches are going to bat an eye, but uh, most people are not gonna bat an eye. Yeah. Um, and your pantry, uh, and like normal like herbs and stuff like that. But you may have like a specific large pot or a specific pan for the oven that you use when you're doing your workings. Those all you wanna keep in the same area so that they're not were used for, for lack of a better term, mundane things. I've got a few witchy tips here. Um, so take a look around your kitchen. Uh, you may be surprised at the things you already own, like a large pot that you barely use, that you can christen for making certain witchy items, a pan that you barely use. Utensils, spices, anything like that. Uh, take a look at your herb rack. Um, often keep in stocks stuff like basil, cinnamon, garlic, ginger, peppermint, rosemary, sage, and thyme. Salt and pepper, also as well. Um, maybe a bit of oregano. Um, these are a good start to accumulate. Um, as and then you can accumulate. These are a good start, and then you can accumulate as you grow into your witchcraft. Um, so you can also develop your own rituals before beginning a meal. Um, say, you know, even as simple as having a shower before you cook, just to kind of get the bad juju off of you. Bad juju. Nobody likes the bad juju. Take it off. Take it off. We don't. We don't want you cooking with that, uh, especially if kitchen witchery is what you're doing. No bad juju. Um, you start with recipes that you already know, that you already feel comfortable with, and add a little bit of spice.
0: Elizabeth, little spice. Elizabeth's
1: spice. Um, treat uh, family recipes as precious heirlooms. Your Recipe book will turn into your Book of Shadows or your grimoire, um, specifically as a kitchen witch. Um, So keep those and and make them precious. Uh, Use the dining table as your altar. Um, I mean, like I said, use the kitchen as your altar space if you really want, but also, you know, be creative. Creativity is golden, uh, when you're a witch, you know, um, if you don't, um, have a very supportive family, but you're making, like, a Letha meal, maybe just be like, yeah, it's, you know, summery colors, um, And just kind of decorate the table however you want. And it doesn't have to look witchy. It can look as subtle as you want. But you know it's witchy. And that's all that matters. And you know what also matters? Your intention
0: into everything that you do. The other option is to do what I do and say, fuck you guys. This is for this. If you don't like it, don't eat my food. Get out of my house. Fair enough. Definitely become bitter.
1: Just, just a wee bit. Um. Um, so another another little tip that I have for you is burn a candle on your stove. Uh, and uh, that kind of represents uh, the hearth fires of old that Kitchen Witchery originally came from. Um, it can also, um, if you have a Praetorian god or goddess of the hearth, um, that can also honor them.
0: Mm. So... In true Stephanie fashion, because I <laughs> completely forgot about recording tonight, uh, therefore did not have any notes prepared because I was going to make it tonight for tomorrow. So Brooke mentioned the importance of the cauldron. So if there is one tool that anyone following a hearth and home-based spiritual paths should have it would be the cauldron for its symbolism and practical association with the hearth throughout history the cauldron embodies so many of the goals and areas considered important in hearthcraft abundance nourishment spiritual spiritual rejuvenation introspection and wisdom to name only a few as hearthcraft is also about practicality the cauldron isn't simply a symbol it can be used in everyday activity as well as if, as well if you desire. The modern kitchen cauldron is known as a Dutch oven, available with and without legs, depending on indoor or outdoor use, and made of cast iron or enamel wear. If you acquire a cauldron solely for ritual or spiritual use, it doesn't have to be cast iron. While hearthcraft tends to be very practical and doesn't specify having a set of tools exclusively for ritual use, you may want to have two cauldrons, one heavy cast iron, Dutch oven, Uh, uh, And then a a Dutch oven type for cooking and a smaller, lighter one for spiritual work and as a symbol on a shrine or altar. After all, lugging a 25 pound Dutch oven around can be a bit taxing. When looking for a cauldron for spiritual work, keep in mind that you're going to want something that you can easily clean. As well as something that won't break or take up too much room you may want to keep it out on your altar or shrine for example to use for offerings or to serve as a candle holder a tea light in a small cauldron offers the image and feel of the need of a need fire without mess or you might use your cauldron as a focus for small honoring rituals or as a visual focus during meditation um so i've also got what is this Ooh. I've got the best recipe for y'all. <laughs> y'all.
1: <laughs> um, so I don't. I want- when was the last time I heard you say y'all?
0: Yeehaw. On, <laughs> <laughs> so there are a multitude of deities and spirits associated with the hearth demonstrating the spiritual importance of this area. The concepts of hearth and home are so completely intertwined that just deities associated with one are generally associated with the other. Uh, here then is a sample of various hearths and domestic deities from several different cultures. It is by no means ex- exhaustive, nor are the entries complete. So of course, we've got Hestia, who I covered um, last week, uh, the Greek goddess of the hearth, um, who Hestia was the deity to whom offerings were made before any other. The saying Hestia comes first points out how in Rant, entrenched she was in the lives spiritual practice of these people then we have vista the roman um, um, equivalent to Hestia uh, we have Brigid the much-loved Irish goddess of the home Brigid is known by other names such as Br- Brid, Brigantia and um, many others that Brooke has gone over <laughs> in previous episodes <laughs> many,
1: many others I, yeah I didn't do a very good job with that uh, episode I don't feel like. Aww.
0: Um, Next is Tsao Wang, uh, who is the Chinese god of the hearth, also known as the kitchen god. Um, An image of Tsao Wang, and sometimes his wife, is kept in the kitchen, usually above or near the stove, symbolic of the god's presence. Uh, Next is Kamo Fuchi, uh, and is a Japanese goddess of the hearth, originally from the Ainu people. Her name means rising fire sparks women. <laughs> and she is symbolized by the flame in the hearth. Uh, then we have Gabija, the Lithuanian goddess of the hearth fire, also um, called Gabieta, and Gabeta was received as a protector of the household. Then we have Ertha, a domestic deity from Northern Europe. Ertha is associated with earth and abundance, fate, peace, and domestic life. She is a Germanic version of Mother Earth. Um, Phryg, uh one of the main female deities in Irish mythology, um, also known as Frigga. Then we have Bess, the dwarf Egyptian god of protection. Bess was often depicted on household items associating him with the general protection of the household. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. So household spirits. A household spirit is the guardian that defends the home or some specific part of the or other of it or the family members these spirits are not formal deities or mythological pre- figures rather they are unique to the hearth and family they may be related to the ancestors or they may be spirits of the of the spirits uh maybe spirits of place household spirits are honored within the home and are often represented by small figures or paintings or engravings on household items Some examples of house spirits, Uh, one is a brownie, uh, which is Scotland, England, a familiar household spirit. The brownie is generally described as a small brown human dressed in tattered clothes or nothing at all. Sometimes there are minor physical differences from humans, such as webbed hands, missing fingers or a flat nose. Uh, A bogart, England, which is from England, north country region, Bogarts can be either helpful or malevolent spirits. They do not tend to have physical forms, although stories exist wherein specific bogarts take physical form to torment or mislead people. Um, that just makes me think of Harry Potter. Remember the bogart in Harry Potter? Yeah, because uh, I was not thinking of that as you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying it. Um, then we have a hob. Uh, the hob is which is from England. Um, The hob functions much like a brownie, but instead of providing general help, he focuses on specific tasks. The name refers to the flat part of a range or or stovetop. domovoy. The domovoy is a helpful household spirit uh, from Russia, like the English brownie. They're described as little old men with gray beards who live under or near the hearth or sometimes the threshold of the household. Um, While dom means house and domivo, and the domivo is linked to the family and will move with them when they are properly invited. Nisse uh, from Denmark or Norway, a brownie-like household spirit who live likes a quiet and orderly household. The nisse or nisse work on household chores at night. Um, then we have the kobold from Germany, and it is a household spirit who can manifest as a human, animal, fire, or household object similar to the brownies and other household spirits they are most frequently described as humans between two and four feet tall uh and then it has a section called like um offerings to household spirits generally if you ask them what they want uh, as an offering like they'll tell you i promise that that goes to gods and goddesses as well yeah um kitchen folklore one of the fun things about doing research into home-based customs is discovering the traditions and folklore associated with domestic activity here is a series of domestic customs you can use to help enhance your awareness of the spiritual nature of your activity stir the contents of pots and bowls clockwise to attract positive energy or stir counterclockwise to banish things use one or other or the other according to the needs of your home or family at the time Pass items at the table in a clockwise direction to maintain harmonious energy there. If you wish to clear the house of negative energy, clean it beginning at the back door and travel through it room by room in a counterclockwise direction until you reach the back door again. Then sweep or mop out the door and off the doorstep. To attract positive energy, clean items in a clockwise motion. This includes dusting, mopping and scrubbing as well as wiping counters and washing dishes. Draw a spiritual symbol that has meaning to you, either cultural, religious, or designed by you. So like a sigil with salt water on the windows of your house and on the front and back doors. Uh, You can also paint these symbols with clear nail polish if you want something a little more permanent. If you wish to further uh, connect your cooking to your spiritual hearth, draw a spiritual symbol on the inside of the pot or bowl before you use it. A stylized flame is a good basic image to use. Empower your laundry detergent for purification of any negative energy clinging to clothes. Water has a natural purification effect, but empowering the cleaning substances you use boosts the natural effect. The same as for your household cleaners. Running out of salt is said to be bad luck for the prosperity of the home. Keep a small packet of salt somewhere to ensure there will always be salt in the house. Hanging there grade- will always
1: be in my house.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or wreaths of garlics, onion, or hot peppers will keep your kitchen free of negative energy. Compost them every fall and hang new ones. Never eat them. Hanging bunches of dried Indian corn attracts prosperity and abundance. Leave an, opinion, uh, leave an onion or a clove of garlic outside below the kitchen window to absorb your negative or any negative uh, energy trying to enter the home. You may leave them around the doors to the, of the house as well. Place new ones there every month or more frequently if the old ones decay faster um so next i've got a couple of spells Mm, now i'm gonna preface this with um when it comes to um house protection i what i used to do because right now it's um different it's covert (laughs) it's covert um i used to make jars um like house protection jars with schedules that I made on them and I'd have one at the front door and I'd have one near my desk and I'd have like I'd have one in every room of the house so I had one in the kitchen I had one in the bedroom the bathroom the living room um and like the front foyer and I had I so yeah (laughs) we're (laughs) covered
1: I have salt cures in the four corners of my home and then I have <laughs> um a uh, certain blend that um I am not telling you Stephanie knows the the concoction she's she's seen it in action uh that is uh salts uh cinnamon and uh eggshell powder I have yeah. that at the t- two two of the four three doors in my house and the only reason that it's not on the third door is because the one door that I have it on, it's like a door inside a a door.
0: Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ways you can like, um, I guess, bless your home or like set it up for protection. Uh, If you have um, the book called The House Witch, which is where I've gotten all of my information today because that's what was closest. um, It's a really great book to have and read through also um
1: um, supermarket magic is also very
0: good mm -hmm. uh now earlier brooke had mentioned she's like a herbal witch or i guess a green witch but also very eclectic um now myself i used to be more eclectic i'm more of an eclectic witch but like um i've more come into um herbal like herbalism and all of that stuff Um, so I'm, I guess I'm more akin to, um, like a hearth witch.
1: I am a good and bad influence all at the same time.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite wives tales, um, you know, when it comes to like the home, the home is actually one for New Year's Eve where my mom would make us walk out, um, like walk out of the house left foot first and then step back into the house right foot first so that we're starting the year off right
1: i've heard of that maybe i just heard of that because your mother's made me do it but i've heard of that i, I think it's because your mother made me do it it's it se- quite possible like that. <laughs> that seems like that seems like something your mother would have taught me
0: yeah To
1: to be fair yes but yeah, I was like um, the daughter, the extra daughter she never had
0: or wanted because she didn't even want the third one she had. So, <laughs> <you>. <laughs>
1: at least uh, I was a uh, good ish role model.
0: Ish. I mean, good well, ish. I think she
1: that- thought I was a good role model, and that's all that really role mattered. Role yeah, <laughs> but if
0: she knew. <laughs> How friends <laughs> um, you actually are. Oops. Uh, <laughs> hey. Um, so I guess now me and Brooke have like spells for you and, and recipes. Well, I have a,
1: a thing first, um, a little thing. It's, it's not really a recipe, but it didn't really go with the rest of the information. So um, it's going to sit here because it kind of makes sense here because it's kind of a halfway in between. Um, I have some herbal tea correspondences for oh, you. So those I- of you that really I- like tea, oh. <laughs> did you get a uh, tea book? No, considering the fact that I don't know where I got this, because this is one of those books that I've been making since high school, those blue books that I have like chock full of information. Yeah, it's in that I went like I went through these books that I have and I found a bunch of witch tips first off. So uh, we've got a shit ton of shit for witch tips. So if you need any, let me know, because I got. I got um but um this one stood out to me the most um like i've got like tons of spells and information in here so i do have some evil evil <laughs> evil uh-huh. <laughs> tea correspondences for you. This is definitely not all of them, but uh, this is what I had found at this time. This is the second book in the series that I've already made of my online information. Um, And the first one is Anise, uh, which is good for calling the spirits. Uh, Bergamot, which we often find in um, certain teas uh, and by certain Certain teas, I mean, Earl Grey teas and Lady Grey teas usually have bergamot in them. And they're good for success. Burdock root teas are good for purity and protection. Chamomile is good for meditation. It is also good for sleep. And that's just off of the top of my brain because <laughs> we all know chamomile. We all know chamomile. Yes. Uh, elderflower is good for divination. Eyebright is good for mental and psychic power. Hyssop is good for purification. Lemon leaves, so the leaves of the lemon tree, are good for lust. Lemon balm, which, funny enough, is part of the mint family, is good for health success. Mugwort is, again, good for divination. You've heard probably out the wazoo about mugwort um, and what it's good for. Mullen is also good for divination. And rose hips are good for psychic power and divination. And uh, any kind of mint tea, like peppermint, uh, wintergreen, that sort of thing, uh, they're very good for um, energy, first off, which is strange. You wouldn't think an herbal tea is good for energy, but it is. Um, It's good for energy, and it is good for, um, like, if you're feeling a little bit off. Yeah. um, in any sense, like it's good for headaches, stomach aches and pains, uh, yeah,
0: anything like that. Um, so what I had was um, herbal blends. So herbal blends you can yourself. Um, So for pr- productivity, try cinnamon, clove, allspice and ginger. For healing, try Vervain, Rose, Chamomile. For relaxation, try Rose, Chamomile, and Lavender. For communication, try Basil, Carnation, and Lavender. For protection, try Vervain, uh, Vervain, Rosemary, Pinch of Salt, and clove. Those blends sound really good, though. Mm -hmm. Um, And anything can be
1: considered a recipe, but like, herbal blends are really good, and like, stews and things like that as well um now mind you <laughs> the little cook in me is going make sure that it corresponds with them, whatever you're making um <laughs> but they would definitely be good as uh teas They sound like but I never yeah. think of carnation as edible but you know what it a lot of things are edible that we don't think is edible um Okay, so a few um, recipes to start, I guess. We can start with some, um, a simple one um, that I use often. Um, If you're feeling a little bit like you need some extra oomph for the day, uh, protection-wise, usually is what I use it for, Um, you can make what I consider, quote-unquote, my magical coffee. So... (laughs) What I do is very simple. I just add, uh, usually it's cinnamon. Um, Sometimes I add other er uh, herbs and spices such as cloves and nutmeg, uh, depending on how I feel, into my coffee mixture and just run it through like you would your coffee. Just make sure they're all in powdery form like brown coffee is. And that's what I usually use for a bit of, so for your magical coffee, um, coffee of your choice. Uh, ours tends to be Tim Hortons in this household, but it, it really can be whatever you prefer. Um, I, I usually use ground cinnamon um, as a base, and then, like, sometimes that's just all I want, but then sometimes I add things like nutmeg, cloves, that sort of thing, um, and then just run it through. Like, you would a regular coffee bag. You just add it to your, to your coffee mm-hmm. instead, so use that as like a, a boost because uh, depending on what you put on it, definitely cinnamon. Um, cinnamon is very good for protection purposes. And that's what I tend to use it for. Uh, if I'm feeling a little icky or anything like that, um, I tend to put cinnamon in my coffee or French vanilla. French vanilla creamer is usually my go-to. Um, and that usually helps a lot. Um it, it tastes like a cinnamon roll if you put cinnamon coffee in with your French vanilla. It tastes really good.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: Um, but I also have a blend specific to Yuletide. Um, and we haven't done a Yuletide one yet. So uh, you'll have to wait until our Yule uh, episode in order to get that Yuletide coffee recipe. I know. I'm being a bitch. I know I'm being a bitch. Nah.
0: Nah. <clears throat> If they love us, oh, um, wait.
1: <laughs> true. And you've already had my Yolotog coffee, so you know it tastes good. Yeah. Another uh, recipe that I tend to use, like, a simple. Like, it's more like a tip and a trick rather than, like, a, a recipe recipe. Uh, when you're making pies, uh, put sigils or, uh, like, runes or stuff into your pie crust. When you're making your pie, like, the bottom crust. Yeah, and pour attention into there. And if you have a top crust, you can do the exact same thing.
0: So recipe I have for you is called Hunter's Chicken, also known Ooh. as cacciatori which is a Ooh. favorite of mine. This tomato chicken stew is based uh, best over egg noodles. I prefer to use chicken thighs or, or as they have a richer taste, but chicken breasts may o- also be used. It serves three to four people, this recipe. Um, so approximately two pounds of chicken thighs, a third cup of flour, salt, taste, pepper to taste, fresh button mushrooms or diced portobello, one tablespoon olive oil, one large onion, peeled and chopped, one clove garlic, finely minced, a third cup tomato sauce, a cup of chicken stock, half cup wine, either red or white, two bay leaves, one teaspoon oregano, teaspoon basil.
1: What if what we th- wanted to use a rosé wine? Mm, I prefer rosé.
0: Uh, so you chop the chicken up into small pieces, and toss in a large mixing bowl with the flour, salt, and pepper. Over medium heat, heat the olive oil in a large pot. Fry the chopped onion until fragrant and soft, about five to seven minutes. And then add the garlic and cook one more minute. Add a bit more olive oil if necessary. Add the floured flour chicken, and stir continually, browning the meat. Add the tomato sauce and keep stirring. Pour the stock and, uh, pour in the stock and the white and the wine. Add the bay leaves and the other herbs to taste. Add the mushrooms if using. Add more salt and pepper if necessary. Cover and reduce heat to minimum. Simmer for at least an hour. Remove bay leaves before serving. Um, I like to have my chicken katsuray on rice. Ooh, mm-hmm. but that's because I have an obsession with rice. Fair enough. Rice is good. That's mm-hmm. understandable.
1: I uh, like my rice
0: too. Yeah. Next I have a recipe called cauldron cookies. Ooh. Um, this is fun little these fun little treats are a version of thumbprint cookies. Um uh, use the well in the center of the source for whatever you empower, nuts for abundance and fertility, and so forth. Cauldron cookies can be made and empowered with whatever energy you wish to associate with them, such as wisdom, abundance, or spiritual transformation. Um, you're going to need a cup of butter softened, a cup of brown sugar, two large eggs, a fourth cup of milk, a teaspoon of vanilla extract, two cups flour, two thirds cups cocoa, one teaspoon baking powder, half a teaspoon salt. Filling suggestions uh, for the center jam, whipped cream, lightly crushed berries sprinkled with a bit of sugar, uh, frosting, nut butter. In a large mixing bowl, cream the butter, add the sugar, and beat an until fluffy add eggs one at a time and blend in add milk and vanilla and blend carefully mix well in a medium bowl whisk together flour cocoa baking powder and salt fold into the butter mixture carefully then mix until well blended cover bowl with plastic wrap and refrigerate for at least an hour until firm enough to handle heat oven to 350 roll dough out into half inch balls place on lightly greased baking sheets press them deeply but gently in center of each ball Dusting your finger hands with icing sugar may um, help prevent the dough from sticking too much while rolling the balls and pressing your thumb into them. Bake 10 to 12 minutes or until set. Cool slightly on baking sheet, then remove from sheet to finish cooling on a wire rack. Cool completely before filling. If you want to carry the cauldron theme further, use thin strips of licorice candy as handles. Ooh. Yeah. Perfect. I- I've got a couple more recipes,
1: but that that's about it. Um, and they're not as um, yummy sounding as Stephanie's, I-, I guarantee you. Chicken cacciatore sounded absolutely freaking amazing. Uh, um, We've talked about it a couple of times, but I thought I would solidify it uh, in this one and give you an actual recipe. So I have a cold relief recipe that, yes, I put magic into. Um, so what you'll need is a uh, two hundred and fifty milliliter jar, and if you can only find a five hundred milliliter jar, you can either you can either do this in half batch or you can do this in full batch what the frick is that noise um and just you might hear is it a dinging you're hearing no it's like the buzzing like as if my mic is off oh but that that's okay I think I fixed it um So, the cold relief. So, you will need a 250 milliliter jar, um, and if you are doing a double batch, or you can either do a double batch and a 500, if that's all you can find, or um, you can just half the batch and put it in the 500 milliliter jar. It really depends on what you freaking want to do. depends on how much you're going to, you figure you're going to use this. I usually... I usually do a 250 mil, I usually double this recipe, but put them in two 250 jars because I have a couple of friends who actually uh, use this, Um, and I think I'm going to gift this one to Stephanie for the cold time of the year, because um, (laughs) that's all I have to say about that. Hey, Uh, hey now. I use it too, I'm usually the one that uses it the most at this house. You and I are bad when it comes to the cold weather. Shush you. Would do you want it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, I don't really like pineapples. So a lot of a lot of cold recipes call for like pineapple juice, and Stephanie is allergic to pineapples. So we try to avoid those in most of our dishes. <laughs> Um, so in this cold relief, you will need half of a lemon. If you're doing a double batch, obviously you will need the full lemon, two cloves of garlic, or really you can never have enough garlic. It just depends on your preference. Uh, minimal two cloves, anything over that you're fine. Uh, half an inch of garlic, uh, again, an inch of garlic if you're doing this in double and then enough honey to fill your jar and i do suggest that maybe you find local honey as that will probably do your cold the best so let this concoction steep for at least one day minimum Um, it can really steep for as long as you want it to but i would steep it Mm -hmm. and leave it in the refrigerator um it is it is not shelf stable um so definitely keep it in the refrigerator and um you can add a teaspoon to tea of any kind or hot water um and then you'll drink it i prefer to put mine in either hot water or peppermint tea just to add to that uh healing effect that it has hi guys editing brooke here i do realize that i had said that you needed garlic twice, um, but the quarter of an inch to an I- half an inch of garlic that I say in quotes is actually supposed to be a quarter of an inch to half an inch of garlic. Uh, just just gonna put that into the system here so that we all all are aware of that. <laughs> Thanks. And my last one, although. Um, many people are like chomping at the bit probably to know that pasta recipe but i'm still going to keep that one under wraps and i'm going to use that one um in our uh, Mab- uh yeah maybon recipe is it maybon soon yeah i don't know one of those uh not sue-in. we did So sue-in. it's maybon maybon so i'm going to keep that as an a maybon recipe um under my hat for a little bit longer i've kept this under my hat for at least two years a year so i'm biting at the bullet here um but one of the things that i really like to make um in my house um and i do it often because it's uh if you are a uh, witch who can't handle like incense smokes or can't have um say a candle in your house these are wonderful and they are similar pots they are a uh, so what you'll need is fresh or dry herbs, spices uh, of your choice, uh, fruit pieces, any th- any of those, any mixture of those. I um, tend to do a Yule one that I will share on the page later on, um, but also you can do things with fresh herbs such as a rosemary simmer pot and you'll just need pot and water and then you just simmer it on the stove and keep an eye on it and the this can bring your intention and smell of good stuff uh, into your home and kitchen as you're cooking and uh, it can be in if you don't want to have like the incense burning or can't have the incense burning for whatever these simmer pots can definitely bring the energy and the magic into your home they are wonderful and you can literally make them with whatever you feel is needed at the time they're lovely to have um but that's all i had for you for this episode um i i got uh the information um from moody moons learn religions and Mumblesandthings.com.
0: Um, I love mumbles and things.com things.
1: Yeah. And um, some of the other stuff was literally just out of my own grimoire and book of shadows. So maybe I'll type those out and add them to the Patreon. Ha! Ha! Plug plug the Patreon. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's all I had for you. Is is that all you had, Steffi? Sure is. Sure is. Um but you can always message us at true north at gmail.com. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at true north witches. You can find us on Instagram at true north witches. Uh, you can check us out on TikTok at true north witches. On Twitter, where maybe we have one tweeted at truenorthwitches. north witches. Maybe one tweet at true north witches.
0: You can check us out on YouTube. At True North Witches. And
1: um, if you have noticed that maybe we're missing a couple of uh, videos on our YouTube account, maybe check us out at patreon.com forward slash TNW podcast or look us up in the search bar at true north witches i have now figured out how to get our little goodies and our little bonus sodes as we uh so call them onto our patreon so uh the second tier or higher usually gets you those little bonuses the first tier will get you a patreon shout out and it just gets uh up from there so uh if you wanted to support the channel uh support what we do here want to hear more um we definitely have those tiers available you don't have to uh support the channel but if you like what you hear here on um on the podcast um then take a shout to our uh patreon and uh, give us a look
0: or a listen yeah. whichever you want a look or a listen i like that <laughs> um you can also check us out on our website um, where I plan to get on get some blog posts up. Um, I've been very busy lately, or lately with the new changes in my life and starting a new course. So um, yeah, been behind on things. You can also uh, support the channel
1: by going on to Etsy, where we have some merch and we have some handmade items by one of the witches and if you want a tarot reading or an oracle reading those are going up shortly so take a cheeky peek
0: and uh you know check out our etsy Woo-hoo. I, I mean if you it. like us and want to hear from us on a personal level too that'd be great
1: yeah but that's all we had for you today you have a wonderful week, witches. And I'm trying to get this up. I'm trying to go through four episodes this week. This is this is going to be interesting. Um, but I'm going to try to get this up. But if you need anything from us, witches, give us a holler. But we will see you in the next episode. You have a wonderful yep. week, witches. Bye.